it sounds good. And that was Christian Ventura. Welcome back to all of the Giant Contraband Robot Podcast. <laughs> Him trying to do his Russian accent. No, for the record, I never claim any of my accents to be anything. They are just like weird, skewed versions of my own voice in my head. Mm. Okay. (laughs) You've you've heard my D and D impressions at this point. I don't think I can claim them to be any actual accent. Sunday, though, you did throw one. I felt it was suspect because the way how y'all masked you masked it. Yeah. But getting that person in, uh, uh, not too much behind the scenes on our D and D group because I want we should keep the mystery on our group. But it was it was a very cool experiment that I'm hoping to implement more random stuff like in the game in the future at some point. Yeah, yeah but I'm I'm hoping you do create a character that is racist so my character can go rogue, actually go rogue and just straight up kill them. Oh yeah, totally. So we were talking about this where we <laughs> where before um, we get too much into D&D, it. Like, it's probably better, like, not better, but there's people that put, you know, what? There we go. Once again, welcome back to the Giant Culture Robot Podcast. That was the Damon Lama writer, Christian Ventura. Hey, everybody. (laughs) And welcoming back to the podcast, Kaylee Walmer. You can't get rid of me. I cannot. I'm I'm going to admit it. I can't. I just can't. He tried. tried. No, he didn't. That's no, a lie. No, I didn't. I, I, I'm, I'm not afraid to use this word. I'm a simp. <laughs> it is what it is. I don't care. Make fun of me. Back to Christian on our, uh, on our D and D adventures. He's the DM. I'm the rogue. The Bastion, Max, and Trevelyan. Oh yeah, he's uh he's he's the rogue that should have been a fighter. <laughs> Look. I do bring in a certain specific energy that should not be coming into the D&D group, and it's based purely on emotion, but literally, you gave me a Ghostbuster reference that I didn't notice, which I'm still mad. Um, I know. I gave you... He is actually really mad about that. I put a Ghostbusters reference into the game, and um, not only did he not get it, he told... He denied being a god. I was the ray in the situation. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, but, but moving moving on from D and D, I think right. Um, the, it's 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 fun as hell, and I can't wait until we figure out a way to present it. <laughs> I'll just say this: we'll never be on Critical Role the way how I'm playing. <laughs> oh, no, it doesn't matter though. We can make our. That's the thing though. I love Critical Role, and I respect the hell out of Matt Mercer and everyone involved in that production. But the thing is, it is also a production. But here's the thing. I want to go on Critical Role so I can meet Ashley Johnson. No one don't bring up Recess. Fair enough. Fair enough. Ever. That is the first. I'm like, then I'm realizing, oh, shit, me and Ashley Johnson is almost close to the same age. So which means it's not weird. And be like, yo, Recess is my favorite card. Disney cartoon. I seen the movie. Oh, my God. The movie, dude. I that was the one movie I told my family let's go see, and then that after, had name in it. Um, and then God, after, and then after that they made me go see Harry Potter every single fucking Harry Potter movie. <laughs> um, and everybody's like, why do you hate Harry Potter? Have you ever been dragged to a movie you did not want to go see? <laughs> like yeah, like come on, like I did not want to see um. I saw it under duress. 
I, I saw it literally. No, seriously, my pops was like, I will whip your ass if you don't go. This is family. Sunday is family day. <laughs> and I shit you not. I said, fuck family. I don't want to see Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, honestly, fuck family. Glad you're brave. I, right? I was super brave. Like by that point, me and my pops was on a rocky road, so it was going to ha- it was going to happen. But I'll just say this: I had knee surgery at the time the first one came out. He did not trust the physical therapist who was actually doing her job, and he dropped me. Oof! Literally forty eight hours after having surgery, he drops me. I've never been so embarrassed and pissed at anyone ever in my well that wasn't the first time he pissed me off but this is, not the po- this is not the podcast to reveal some secrets like that I already said I'm a simp so we already did that so we're actually, <laughs> so we're actually gonna start it off with a thank you to all our listeners um like holy shit when Spotify emailed me the analytics for this podcast I was not expecting the the numbers that we got. No, y'all came through. 177 streams, over 104 listeners, 280 starts, and 30 followers. Very nice. Clap, 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 clap. That is, I'm like, holy shit. And then, on top of that, over five countries has been listening to the podcast. Five countries. And I like, have, and I have. You don't at, know who you are, but thank you. I know, like I'm looking. Oh, yeah. at, I'm like looking at other podcasts that maybe got like one or two, and I'm like, I'm not trying to like humble. I'm like, like brag, but I'm like, like holy shit! Like those podcasts have been out longer than we have. Like I have been podcasting for like a good ten years now, but and it's not on like getting the numbers that we got now is what the previous podcast that I've done ever got. And there's podcasters that have been on longer than us that they may have the numbers they may have the streams but the countries are normally like one or two so which means they're region locked to the u.s which means we're not just region locked to the u.s and canada that means maybe three there's at least three other countries that are not legation locked (laughs) so i'm actually happy that this is spreading out and i'm i'm actually going to assume the episode where i put the description and the title in spanish probably that could have that could have been a, a great help. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Gracias a todos que están escuchando ahorita. If anybody Spanish, that is my only attempt because it, the longer I go on, the weaker my my actual Spanish accent gets. I refuse to speak it. I only listen. I take it all in, and then I'm like, "Great, I can understand you." Don't ask me to say anything back. That's all I got. It's a one way street. Some I don't know how that works. Like I can understand it so well, and then I go to speak it, and I'm like, "Nope, too scared. Can't do it." Like <laughs> it, it's it's just I think honestly realizing that there are different sounds assigned to different things. <laughs> And then it's like that weird association. I don't know I how to. Yeah, I can't even speak the one that I'm trying. And but I keep trying others for some fucking reason. And I know for me, it's the cadence. Like trying to yeah. make sure, like getting the right pronunciation on words. That's so why I'm, I'm definitely like you, Kaylee. Like, I, I, I My can, brain goes completely blank. I need to like write it down and then read it off a of paper. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like I could write it. Yeah. But but I was just like just speaking it out like okay I got the first word can't remember any other Spanish word I got one word into this sentence. But yeah, 
thank you everyone for listening um and we actually have been like i have been saying with the rotating guests and we have a ro- our rotating guest which is kaylee so thank you kaylee as well for giving us our this podcast this longest episode ever which was actually a lot of fun this one will not be. We're not. I'm not going to break the record. Don't even worry, you guys. No, I'm calling that now. Because I know you have a stream later on, so I want to make sure everyone's like out on time. <laughs> but um, we may have a longer episode because um, I'm gonna wait till the video game awards come out and do a whole episode on that. So I'm gonna keep an eye on that because I'm pretty sure everybody has opinions. I was gonna say I already have opinions. They haven't even happened yet, and I'm so I, full of opinion. I know because me and my brother. Because if y'all don't. But once again, thank you. Our tangent part, and then we're gonna go into the main top or our main topics. Um, Cause me and my brother, he showed we saw the list, and we was like, Last of Us. We don't want Last of Us Two is okay for what it is. I just don't. We both feel, and two other people we talked to don't feel it should be Game of the Year. Like, cause I'm like, I, like it's a touchy subject to talk about the last. Like, I never thought Last of Us would be a game to be so touchy to talk about. And I'm like, and I'm going back to old articles, and it was about hate, and then like at some point, then it became like, all right, revenge and not learning how to let go. If it was like hate and learning to let go, I would have been fine with the narrative of Last of Us Two. Now I would have been like, yes, let's put it up there with um, Game of the Year. But because of this year alone, I feel Ghost of Tsushima, Animal Crossing. Final Fantasy Seven with the asterisk, and I forgot the other two titles that was uh, that are up there. I think there are indie titles that are for game up for game of the year as well. And that's a hell of a thing to say too, honestly. Like I'd rather have any of those because, like, most of the majority of those games are helping. Like, literally, when you hear people talk about Ghost of Tsushima, isn't it, like if they say Jen is boring, they usually go for I can't believe I forgot the other um the character, her story about her using people for her own gains just to get out of a just get out and I'm like, holy shit, I do know a person who do this shit. Like they they they, oh. they they burn bridges. I'm like, and this is in a feudal Japan era game. You putting real world shit. In it? Okay. Relatable stories and context. And then yes. I like the fact that you can make your own haikus, but and then, even though it seems like jumbled and mismatched, but it feel like it fits with the haikus that you write. Well, the predetermined haikus that is written, but still. Um, and it's just a beautiful fucking game. About, it's, and, a, it's gorgeous. And it's like one of the few games where the two male leads are like showing their like they're trying to you can tell like they're trying to keep that masculinity but they're showing their emotion like you are like my father but i'm like i cannot live the way how you want me to live like that type of thing like you want that like come on tell him you love him like a son god damn it quit holding it in it's toxic but you know it is what it is um and then lauren tom if she don't win voice actress of the year, I'm going to be pissed. The rage that she had for her whole entire, not just her sons and her husband, her entire family. And to realize it was your own sibling that did this. 
I always associate Lauren Tom with Futurama as Amy. <laughs> oh, yeah. But to see her in this role in Ghost of Tsushima, I'm like, holy shit. This is like, come on, she got to get voice. Like, she has to be nominated. I haven't checked those portions out, but I hope she's nominated because that was just, that was a phenomenal uh, performance. Like, God damn. I don't know anything about Ghost of Tsushima except that it has an Akira Kurosawa role. Or roll a uh, trust me. What is it? Mode. Yeah. Duh. It has an Akira Kurosawa mode. Uh, roll. Yeah. Um, that's all. Which sounds awesome. I was like, that sounds cool, but it's not the type of game I play. So I'm like, wow. I don't. This must be a really gripping storyline. You're really passionate about this. And there's a mechanic that I didn't realize it till like um, playing it again. Oh, I I dibbled, nibbled playing it again for New Game Plus. If you continue on playing like a ninja, so like you, if you want to stealth, it gives you the option if you want to stealth it, but there is portions where you have to stealth it. Um, and they give you proper checkpoints. So like if you mess up, they give you a proper checkpoint so you can go back, um, you can start over. Um, but the more you act like a ninja, the more the weather stays stormy, um, like just always raining and lightning. But if you try the honorable way of being a samurai, sunny weather. Always. So you literally and then they that flute so that way you can turn it back. <laughs> literally, your actions affects the weather, which I'm like, holy shit! I did not notice it until I got towards the end of the game. I was like, wow. Well, I'm still kill people stealthily. That's this is the only, <laughs> <laughs> this is the only time I ever played a game where I enjoyed being the stealth. Um, going doing stealth because it was actually fun. So like, if you play Sly Cooper. It is kind of reminiscent to Sly Cooper in terms of stuff, but it's like, but it's the modern era Sucker Punch game, though. So that is my recommendation. You don't have to check. I say gameplay videos for you, Kaylee. Trust me, gameplay videos. Oh, absolutely. I gotta hear a little bit of this, this voice acting. Um, the main actor is in um, damn the Amazon show where the U.S. got conquered by the Nazis. Man, uh, man, uh, man in the High Castle? Yes. Um, not the guy who played Shang Tsung, but the other Asian actor. I can't believe mm. I forgot his name. He's a lot more younger. I didn't know he was a punk rocker at that. I looked it up. Uh, but yeah, he's in it. And then it, it's, it's a good, it's a really good game. Animal Crossing, I, I admit, I have played Animal Crossing. And it for those few months, I'm like... It got me wanting to go back to playing Sims 3. And I have went back to play Sims 3. And use those mods and cheats. <laughs> I love this. Nice. So my Sim is a billionaire. He's immortal. And has no kids. The American dream. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The, the, yeah, for sure. I did fuck up though. And... I tried alchemy, and he got turned to gold, and I'm like, oh, fuck. And he came back to life, and I lost my immortality. I was like, damn it. I was like, wait a minute. I got two different saves. Yay. Nice. But okay. <laughs> Enough uh, about that. <laughs> I have legit just been playing nothing but Yakuza 7. Like, I'm so deep in that game. Like, I'm getting close to completing all of the side quests deep in that game. I know I was going to ask, um, uh, like, 
are you done? I I know I know since the last episode you've been on, at least for, I guess for the last month you've been on Yakuza. And I think you, okay. <laughs> like what, what um how is your crew set? Here's the thing. I'm that bitch, so I'm only on chapter 7 of 14, and I've been playing, you know how long I've been playing this fucking game. Yeah. Um, as soon as, so there's so many side quests and mini games, and normally I don't like mini games, and I appreciate games to let you skip them, but in this case, so many of the mini games are fun, that I find myself like getting introduced to a mini game, and then fucking around with that mini game for like a whole day, and just getting to like the top of that mini game. Um... <laughs> And then, like, there's, like, eight or nine sub-stories that open up every time you do a chapter. So, like, I just finished all the sub-stories and bonus stuff and side missions that you could possibly do before going on to chapter eight. So, I'm, like, I'm about to start chapter eight tonight as, we're, as we speak. Um, but it's just, I love to grind. I'm, like, ten levels higher than I need to be for any area that I've approached. It's just... This is nah. how I play games. Yeah, I just I love to do everything as I go. I think that's normal if you play anything that has the army. I can't believe I'm about to say army hammer, RPG element. I don't know why army hammer popped in my whatever. Um, <laughs> anything with RPG elements to it, I think it's it's grinding. Like that's what I did for Final Fantasy VII remake. I grind it so much that I could be as powerful as I can be. And get all the limit breaks for all the um for if only with the limited amount of people we got in remake, so I can go in and just start wrecking shit. So when I fought Sephiroth, I fucked him up. So I can I can, I can see why it took like it it, it it took you so long just to get to chapter eight. Yeah, it's it's so good. It's so worth it. I'm having the best time. Like um, wait, Crystal, what game are you still playing that you have not finished yet? Many. Which one are you specifically trying to out me for right now? I know, <laughs> I know you haven't finished. You haven't even started Origins. No, I haven't started Origins. I haven't finished Syndicate. You haven't. Uh, we're talking about Dragon Age, not um, Assassin's Creed. Oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah, I haven't played Origins either yet. Um, you haven't finished Spider Man. I'm almost done with Spider Man. Like you have, like. Yeah. I'm almost done with Tsushima. <laughs> almost. <laughs> but to be fair, to be fair, you have I have been, I, I have been working and I have been like playing D D kinda took over all my free time. That doesn't include this. I know, and, and on top of that, writing our campaign, so I'm like, all right, you get the slide. You you, you get the slide. <laughs> like I legitimately have been like you like D D has been like the thing that I've been doing. In between, okay, everybody who's listening, if I'm not working or doing this, I'm doing something related to D&D. That's just the given at this point. <laughs> Whether it's 3D printing figures or writing a campaign story piece, a hook, or like, or going to go get supplies or buying like freaking whiteboards and magnets so I can stick all your guys' shit and figuring out new ways to use like projectors and voice changers and figuring out guests for you guys. It's always something D&D related. And we thank you for that. I have fun with it, and I have fun presenting you guys a fun story. Yep, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad being chaotic neutral. I, I kind of embrace that. Bro, you ain't chaotic neutral. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> 
we got to talk about your alignment, but you are not chaotic neutral. <laughs> Uh, chaotic. I'm, I'm lawful evil. Okay. I would, I would say you're more like neutral evil. Okay. Dang. I'm cool. I'm cool. No, actually, I'm cool with that. I'm actually cool with that. You're, you're a lot more neutral evil the way that you're playing Maxon so far. You're straight nooch. And and that's saying something because we have a death domain cleric. Oh God. Right. What are they? Like they're way, they're like arguably more like lawful lawful neutral than he is. Well, here's the thing. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend myself before okay. we get to talk about a Spotify. Oh, oh okay, okay. Let's the, find out the situations we. All right, I understand I'm a noob when it comes to D and D, but the situation we have been in, we've been in, we've been arguing. He's gonna he's gonna make me bring up the dwarf brothers. He's gonna make me bring up the dwarf brothers. And then on top of that, you literally said there's two manticores on the field and a dragon flew over us. Why yeah. are we arguing in the middle of the fucking field? I literally said It wasn't arguing, it was trying to figure out the best course of action, and I, I didn't describe two manticore. But I described one manticore outside his, of the outside of the uh, windmill, and then when you went running off, freaking out because a dragon flew over you that wasn't even in the area anymore, you triggered the second manticore. But I did say my Wi-Fi dropped, and I couldn't. I didn't hear about the second manticore. I heard about the first one when I came back. But to also to be fair, you are only now mentioning your Wi-Fi after I bring up the actual uh, event order. Still. <laughs> and then you put me dead last. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? All right. Uh, you said I'm hidden. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm hidden. I can fuck up this manticore. And then here we go for the second time. The harpies. The guy, what about the harpies? Y'all fucked up the harpies. What about the harpies? The one that was hidden that just made me... Th I was like, the way how you said it up, I was like, oh, we probably there was probably a person hidden. Oh, and well, then, that's honestly... Honestly, and, that was just because you rolled low, man. You kept rolling low against it. That's honestly all it was. Bad that's night. Like, you tried rolling low. better? So what happened, right? Night. It was a bad night, all right? It was so, a bad so what night. happened, right? What he's now referring is uh, they, they, they infiltrated a Tower of Storms... And basically, um, we're taking refuge in there for God knows why. They took refuge in there and decided to stay the night. And uh, in the middle of their in, in the middle of their rest, they noticed uh, crying coming from a certain area of the room. At that point, they found an altar room that they like, kind of. Uh, well, they found an altar room that he ended up getting uh, lightning powers from. And beyond that room, they found a nest, the nest belonging to the harpies that they fought earlier in the day. And they found a woman crying. Eventually, they find out that this woman is actually the harpy broodmother. But the reason that he's saying all of this stuff right now is because he kept rolling low on both um, intelligence and wisdom on the saving throws that she was putting against it. So she, so he didn't know what she was, even though Desi knew what was going on. But like his character didn't. So his character ended up leading it into the into the encampment where they were at and they had to fight it right at their camp with one of their party members having been asleep when initiative started. Y'all gonna die. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that right now. Alright, so... 
I, my character, I specifically told him, I'm cool with orcs. So, <laughs> a orc clan comes up and had one dwarf with a knife to its throat. I try to make a joke. This, and I shit you not, Christian, you had a fucking smirk. Then your mouth dropped. And then you was like, all right, this is going to happen. He made the fucking orc slit the dwarf's throat. And then it became my fault. It was okay. It was his fault. It was his fault because A was a hostage situation, and B, his other party member already successfully charmed the orc to like, but specifically to her. So she was gonna try to talk to it, but obviously the orc was already super aggravated and literally had a hostage still. And he decides to be, and he decides to be like, well, what was it? Something along the lines of, um, we, we don't uh, I, I had your mother bent over last night, something like that. Uh oh. And basically, the orc became enraged again, and that's what happens. Like that's that's what happens if you have a hostage. Sounds like that's what happened. That size sounds like that's what happened. Yeah. But our 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 death our death domain cleric combat revivified him eventually, so they got back. But he but the dwarf brother that was fighting alongside them, trying to save his brother, um, very much noticed exactly whose fault it was. And I threatened that bro- I threatened that brother and said, "You." And he further threatened the brother. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He is not chaotic neutral. He is like fucking, like barely like neutral evil. On a good day. On a good day. But either way, I love it. It's so much. It's such a wrench in the works. And like I, and I almost <laughs> made a woman cheat on her husband with me. Almost. 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 She was. She was. She was a faithful woman. Faithful. But if I would have rolled that initiative, it would have happened. Uh, it was your. It you was, gotta, gotta step these rolls up. I'll be honest. It was your. It was your charisma versus her wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. my charisma is high though. But oh wait, was, did I say her versus yours? Your charisma versus her wisdom, and she still rolled high enough. <laughs> yeah. So I'm evil, people, in terms of D and D. But when it comes to Dragon Age, I this, but I fucking love it just because I'm thinking about like all the shit that I've been planning for you guys. We we've been planning stuff behind. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna because on the off chance if our clan is listening to this, I'm not gonna let. I'm not we're, until we're ready to. I'll I, tell you this. I doubt it. I doubt it. Well, the stuff we're planning with my character, and I I have I have noticed how how I've, my character has been acting. Well, by way of extension of me. I did create a scenario, and Christian is actually slowly trickling, putting it to um, into play, into work. So, oh yeah, it's called working in your backstory, and yeah. that, that's what's happening. It's awesome. Yeah, and then I like uh, there will. <laughs> you, got, you, got your, you got your your into the local uh, to the local thieves guild. Yeah. So. Slowly but surely, I'm going was, to. I'm going to. Fuss I just loved that moment. There was a moment where you guys were talking to. Um, to the the guild not guild master but the um the person taking care of the miners exchange the person who was the contact that had basically given you guys like a little bit in of like oh this might be where the thieves guild's at i just love the moment where where um one of our party members looks looks at desi and he's and she's like and she's like why didn't we come here in the first place 
because ever since day one, they've had the option to go there. And once again, because everybody wants to talk, we didn't go. <laughs> uh, it's just the nature of D and D, and I love it. <sighs> yeah, so we're we're in an adventure. We're we're definitely in it. We're off on an adventure. And we're That's and cute. I, I I seriously I I seriously think someone's gonna get killed going against what um, where we're going against Sunday. You you really think someone's gonna die? It'll probably be me knowing my smart ass mouth. <laughs> it's all gonna depend on the roles, man. I have been close. Hey. I've been close to death twice. One you haven't. You have not. Calm down. You can, was, you didn't even calm down. I was on ten. HP against the Bro, earth. Cheek. Talk to me when you have two d- failed death saving throws. Well, remember like, one. That, that remember is a different level of like my character is about to die. Here's the thing, I did kill a character on accident though. You did. That wind went off the rails. I was like, you know what? I'll just stick to this attitude. <laughs> I brought the lightning. You gave me those lightning powers, and I brought the lightning. I, I, I gave. Like, I gave. I gave him lightning, and he not only attacked two mob enemies, he very specifically made sure that that line would hit two mob enemies, two mob enemies, and another player. That was that was intentional. I know it was intentional. The, the, Everyone knows it was intentional. <laughs> the, 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 you talk shit, you get hit. I mean, come on. This makes a lot of sense. I mean, like, seriously, like, we was, like, Vahia was literally asking questions, and that character was talking shit. So, I'm like, all right, this is my party member. I'm going to back up my party member. I'm going to talk shit, too. I, I, it's, it's all good. It's all good. It's just the way that played out. God, I can't, I can't begin to describe the way that played out without first sitting here and giving you, like, three hours of context. Team Ramrod, yo. Team Ramrod is a, is what they're going by right now. So, <laughs> Kaylee, does it seem like like our D and D is just like completely off the rails at this point? I mean, it just feels like D and D to me. Like every time I hear, it, I'm like, oh man, this is this is like every D and D experience is like universal in that way. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, oh yeah, that's D and D, just fucking chaos. Yeah, you know, like yes. oh yeah. It's so it's so pure. I'm I'm literally just making characters that I know I'll never get to play as a player, but I'm just like this would be such a fun idea. Rock and fucking roll, baby. <laughs> Speaking of rock and roll, okay. ah, uh-huh. um, Spotify earlier this week. So the time of this recording is Friday, December fourth. Um, from Monday, Tuesday, Spotify rolled out everyone's um, 2020 in review um, in terms of what they listen to. Um, also, a, a big thank you for people who actually, uh, there's one person who subscribed to our podcast who showed me a picture. I'm, we're in the, their top four podcasts of the year. Aww. I'm like, holy crap. So also thank you to that listener. Sapo Fof Show. Thank you. Um, but in terms of musical genres and mine's is normal, alternative metal. If everyone has theirs out, if y'all don't, y'all have time because I'm about to explain mine. Um, I do. Okay. Alternative metal, rock, pop punk, chill hop, and hip hop. So that's in that exclusive order of one, two, three, four, and five. 
I'm surprised Chill Hop is up there. And the only reason why I have Chill Hop in the top five, when I, was in, when I was in art school, I was not allowed to play rock music or metal. Apparently, it was it's disruptive to other artists. So I had to play um, something else that wouldn't be disruptive, which would be chill hop. And I started listening to it, and I realized some of this music is on like some video games. So I'm like, okay, I fucks with this. I'll listen to it. Nice. But I'm still like, how the fuck metal music is like, that's how I work. I mean, that's how I make my art. And I can't play metal? <laughs> Whatever. It's still very interesting to me, but like it makes so much sense that you like use metal like to focus when you do that. Because I hate things quiet and like when I equate slow music, I equate it to something like I'm reading or I'm working on if I'm doing homework or if I'm with a significant other. <laughs> but when I'm actually doing something physical like actually painting or playing video games or drowning out the shit that's going on in the neighborhood, I'm playing metal. So I've been, right. I've been like used to playing metal like to like keep me going with working on something and then get a dead fucking stop and be like, no, you can't do this. You need to play something else that would be beneficial for the class. I'm like, this fucking person was playing fucking India Irie. I don't like, I don't listen to her. <laughs> I was like, she's a, she's a nice lady. I don't listen to her. I was like, you won't let this other one play Jill Scott. And she was like, I shit you not. She stopped me right there. She's like, have you actually listened to Jill Scott? I was like, have you heard, have you seen Jill Scott on stage though? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> we, both me and my professor was like, Okay. <laughs> we both was like, we both stopped. We was like, I was like, I looked at my professor. I was like, Professor Sarno, have you been to a Joe Scott concert? She's like, get the word, Desmond. I'm like, oh, you been to a Joe Scott concert? You seen some shit? I only seen Instagram videos. You seen some shit? I'm just saying, <laughs> Joe Scott. I'm, I have, I. Listen to Walk in the Park. Really listen to it. And you start to get it. And you're like, oh, that's what she meant. Okay. It's like one of those things where you have to like re-listen to it to really like take in the meaning of it. And that's why I like listening to music so much because I'm getting like, I'm learning. If it wasn't for a jazz class I took, I had a jazz instructor. She was like, listen, when you listen to like hip hop, metal like really read the lyrics and listen to the music like first she told me listen to the music before reading the lyrics and like really sit and listen so so when i literally listen to a mice and men or something uh, most people like used to listen to limp biscuit i actually sit and listen to the lyrics of what fred durst or what the lead singer of, of mice and men does or any fronted band and i'm like okay and then i go read the lyrics and i'm like Oh, they're actually talking about this specific thing that's going on with their life. If you listen, you flip over and you hear hip hop, which I don't normally like to listen to, is because it's always about calling women outside their names, selling drugs, um, doing drugs, 
At least Wiz Khalifa is like, I smoke weed. This is what it's about. I mean, if you listen to rappers with smoke, the rap about smoking weed, then they smoke about like they rap. That's you know, like yeah. the, saying any genre is only ever talking about one thing is reductive. Yeah, like, but then when you hear when you sit and listen to like once again Jill Scott, and you like, I thought she was talking about like love, life, family. Majority of her songs is about sex, and I was like, I remember all through high school, I was like, I want a woman like I can walk walk to the park after dark, and then. Literally, I shit you not. Three years ago, I'm actually listening to it, and then someone sent the video, and I was like, no, don't change the perception of this for me. Don't. And then we was talking about the Mandela effect on the Night Owl show. Go to kdhr.net for that. (laughs) (laughs) The the, the Mandela effect kicked in, and I was literally listening to it, and then then going off to see an interview, and she legit admitted, like, she's like, she's talking about sex like it's like it's a therapy session and i'm like wow and now i when i'm listening to her music like i can hear it now but without having to remember about the interview so i'm like this is why i like and everyone's gonna be like what does the fuck this have to do with the analytics music is either based on emotion which you're feeling or what it was like or it was like what is the mood for the day so that's why I was like, rock is always number one. I was like, oh, because I have been working on either trying to fix my gaming PC, either editing. I don't suggest playing metal music while editing the podcast. It really does fuck with you, but I still do it anyway. Um, or like when I'm painting, which is, has been super beneficial, especially listening to uh, the arithmetics. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like. Annie Lennox, man. Love that woman. But that's my top five um, genres. And then I'm... Uh, in terms of bands, I'm sh- I'm, not sh- I'm not surprised of Mice and Menace number one, but I have Deftones at two, Thrice at three, Under Oath at four, and The Use at five. So from two on down is definitely bands that I have been listening to since I was eight, 16. So those are all my, the best bands from when I was in high school. Yeah. AKA the only music I listened to. I'm like, Deftones evolved. I'm like, come on. Like, the U, um, Under Oath, they was definitely a Christian band. Now they're not, not so much. Um, Thrice also evolved Alchemy Index their best concept album of all time and it's also The Arsonist is one of the hardest songs to perform on Guitar Hero shit you not oh yeah I remember trying once (laughs) I got booed off the stage so that and on um, Rock Band so I'm like yeah I know I can't be a musician aww (laughs) And I and I mem- I legit had my brother. We have our power switch in the in the hallway. So on Rock Band, I was playing the guitar and trying to sing "Heyo" uh, by Red Hot Chili Peppers. I guess I was I can't I can't hear my you can't hear yourself when you when you're trying to sing. Oh. He flipped the power off for my room specifically. He was like, "Please, please, can you stop? I can oh. hear, I can hear you." 
I'm like, motherfucker. Let me get this platinum for rock. So now I ever got the platinum for rock bands. <laughs> yeah, my brother's like, like, please stop, please stop. You butchering Red Hot Chili Peppers for us, and they still don't play Red Hot Chili Peppers to this day. Begging you, please. <laughs> it's like they got PTSD every time. <laughs> like when Can't Stop comes on, I'd be like, Can't stop. They're like, No. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, come on. East Side Love is living on the West End, man. They haters. Uh, a wild Harley Quinn is in the room. Huh. The uh, the surprise, what? What did we decide? Fifth host? She's Sixth the, host? She's the fifth host. Harley Quinn is fifth. the fifth host. Your pup is the uh, third host. And then we got Kaylee, and then if her pups make uh her pup or her cat makes an appearance, then they're like the sixth and seventh. Milo was definitely thinking about it. <laughs> so there we go. We, we 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 have a full we have a full crew today, but we're gonna go to Kaylee next because I want I want to I want to hear hers. Okay, so I find music to be like such a personal thing to talk about too. So I'm gonna be very vulnerable throughout this. But I was genuinely surprised by what I managed to fucking listen to this year. This was a weird year for me listening to music. Um, my top genres. This is the first time emo hasn't been my top genre since they did these. For the record, but my top genres were dance pop, modern rock, pop rock, which I feel like okay, those are all combinations of the same thing but whatever show tunes and reggae rock so i had to drive across country because my little sister got trapped with me during quarantine and like she flew here when it was safe and then covid happened and then she was trapped here forever so i ended up saying fuck it and driving her back because it was safer than like putting her on an airplane mm -hmm. And so I drove across country and back. So I listened to a lot of like show tunes when I needed to stay awake because like singing along to show tunes helps me stay awake when I'm driving. And that's heavily reflected in this. Um, so yeah, this is this was an interesting year. Like um, one of my things was um, I listened to a podcast series that I'd never heard of before, but like somebody's like, oh, here, listen to this. So I listened to 25 episodes in one day of the Magnus Archives. And each episode is like a half hour to an hour long. Like, what is the Magnus yeah. um, podcast? So um, it's awkward because I the it starts off really, really good. And then it's ending right now. And I'm not going to lie. The ending has so far been really fucking stupid. And I kind of feel like I wasted... 300 hours of my life but the magnus archives are cool especially in the beginning because each episode is it's like an anthology horror podcast and it's the archivist of a paranormal research institute called um the magnus institute and so it's the magnus institute's archives and so the like niche is that this podcast is done in like a found footage style where certain cases will not be recorded like on audacity you can't record them on a computer they'll only record and keep uh on old cassette tapes so they're all filmed with that like grainy over effect to make it sound like you're listening to a cassette mm -hmm. and they're the recordings of this archivist like going through and reading the testimonies so they're all given in the first person of people's first person encounters with the paranormal that haven't been able to be explained and the magnus institute have like stepped into research so it starts off really cool but then like 
it does that thing that anthologies that run a long time do where they try to like connect all the anthology stuff together to an overarching plot and then like it shoehorned in this like weird romance that becomes really central to the plot that comes out of left field so it's really awkward like devolves into bad fan fiction i don't know but at least the first 100 episodes are really good (laughs) yeah right so that's what i'm saying like the ending they're not really sticking but you know if you like lost and you don't mind they didn't stick the ending you'll probably like this you know what i mean yeah um yeah so that was really good so i'd never listened to a podcast on spotify before i did that this year um but yeah that's weird because usually i only listen to music from when i was like in high school so it's always like emo pop punk that one is always on there mm-hmm. but um my top five bands i had right in front of me oh here they are so this was the first year i ever listened to carly ray jepson i decided to get into carly ray jepson this year and i did and she became my number one artist because i get into an artist by just like listening to all their songs over and over again mm-hmm. uh, not a shocker so it's carly ray jepson uh gorillas Ballyhoo, Telekinesis, which is my all-time favorite band, and Vacationer are my top five. So yeah, I just like to listen to a lot of like white guy reggae, like Revolution, Santa Barbara was my number one song. Like Scott. Um, right. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, so I listen to a lot of weird music. I just I spend a lot of time listening to music while doing other things. And so I have a lot of like reggae and reggae rock adjacent music that just fits neatly into like, like chill playlists, like anything gorillas, obviously. And I listened to their new album a lot this year, but, uh, which one? Cause they had like multiple coming out this whole year. Yeah. I mean, it's like, they, I don't know. It's, I was about to say, it's like they planned COVID. And I was like, it's suspicious. <laughs> you have a lot to, you have a lot for us to consume this year. Um, it's weird because I used to be a really, really big Gorillaz fan when Demon Days came out. And then I stopped listening or consuming, listening to or consuming new music for a really long time because you do that thing where like you basically only listen to the music that you listened to in high school. And then I caught back up with the Gorillaz when um, the Now Now came out. And so then I was listening to the Now Now and Plastic Beach and Humans and I got to catch up on a shit ton of music. Uh, so it's been really exciting, which is why the gorillas is probably up there really high. So a lot of the now now some song machine, but mostly I've been like, man, I regret missing the now now. That was a really good one. Yeah, I would say from 2017 to now, they've been very consistent. Yes, it's so nice this little resurgence because I used to spend all my time on the gorillas website that had this like flash thing where you could go through the gorillas headquarters and they like led to like outside links to play different games and it was like this cool gorillas arg when demon days came out and i was really really into that it's nice to see them be cool again after kind of falling off the map for a while because i was always following them like seeing how the narrative how the narrative that um oh my uh, james howlett was always like like he he i always followed his art since tank girl so when he started doing gorillas with um the uh the the singer for 2d I feel yeah. I don't know names at all. I'm stupid. But uh, when they both started working together, it was like, oh, we're we're at the last thing I remember hearing him say, we're considering doing a gorillas animated series. God. And it's so perfect for that. They could be like Josie and the Pussycats, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Musical animated show. With a hard R though, it has to be rated R. 
I think they could even do a PG-13 work, but I feel like they could go full, like, Ren and Stimpy levels of violence and shit, and if they could get, like, a, a what, M-17, whatever TV rating. Like, what, play, what, like, what station, like, what streaming service will house the gorilla stuff? That's the- I mean, it would be, like, an Adult Swim show. It could definitely be an HBO thing. I or, like, an HBO thing, yeah. HBO I, Max exclusive, some shit. After Adult Swim canceled... Adventure Brothers, I do not, and ruined the Boondock season four. So I, obsessed I with them. What? Wait, what's this Boondocks news? The when Aaron McGruger, he was set on letting it end after season three, mm-hmm. but uh, Sony and a uh, Adult Swim wanted to come back, so they basically forced him out of his contract and just went on without him doing the series. Oh shit! That's why season four is reviled as like the worst um, of the of the uh, whole entire series. I knew he didn't want to do it anymore. I thought season four was bad because he didn't want to do it anymore. Um, I didn't realize it just he got axed. That's shitty. And now he's considering coming back, but ever since the passing of John Witherspoon, yeah, I don't even. That's when he died. I was like. That was shortly after the Boondocks coming back rumors started, and my mm-hmm. first thought was like, okay, well, what the fuck's happening with the Boondocks reboot? Because so, I'd really like that to happen. Because so far, they confirmed, like, oh, yeah, Regina King is coming back. And I was like, oh, shit, they could really dig Regina King to come back. And she was willing, she was like, yeah, I'll come back. But then the passing of um, John Witherspoon came in and it kind of derailed it. So there's still talks for another season, but it'll be kind of rebooted. So it was like season four never happened. Is what I'm what I last heard. It would just be like season three, skip four, and right into this new series. Yeah, that's the way to do it. But they, they, I think they're floating the op. They're trying to convince people. A lot of people's trying to convince Aaron McGruger to get um Jennifer Lewis, um, who's like like how John Witherspoon's like everybody's grandpa. Jennifer Lewis is like everybody's grandma. Yeah, and um, so it was like get her, her crazy she- old great aunt to me. Yeah. In a great way. Like, Jennifer Lewis is amazing. But, like, she seems more of, like, a fun, crazy, like, your your mom's aunt. Yeah. Like, I, I started watching Blackish because of her. And how she works very well with um, Lawrence Fishburne. I'm like, oh, come on. This is, like, I, give me a show with just them two. Like, come on. Um, Christian. Yes. What's yours? So, uh, for mine, uh, for mine, I'm gonna. I guess I'll start with my top genres. Uh, I, I I realized that this year, two major things affected my Spotify that could not have that would be technically outside influence. One of them being that I realized that I lent my Spotify to my niece a lot, <laughs> and it's very reflected in there. Um, and the other one being that. Um, I very specifically liked singing a lot of songs this year um, in my car, on my way to work, and unfortunately a lot of them were the same ones. <laughs> but uh, certain enough, I guess with my genres, uh, number five, I have rap. <laughs> number four is actually really funny. I have adult standards as number four. It's pretty good. I'm kind of jealous. My <laughs> genres sucked this year. They were all dumb. <laughs> I'm just laughing at the fact that it's like well, I didn't real, really realize what that was until I looked it up the other day and when I did it's like it's targeted at people over 50 and I'm just like that's funny but I get it's a it. lot of good music there Yeah, a lot of good music <laughs> exactly exactly it's a lot of good music and that's like the majority of my karaoke playlist so I'm not surprised 
Uh, for number three and two, I'm pretty sure these are because of my niece. But number two does kind of make sense for me, at least a little bit. Um, three and two are indie pop and pop. And uh, at my number one, it's same as ever. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's going hand in hand with the adult standards. Uh, it's rock is my number one on my genres. <laughs> but uh, kind of going on from there, like I know for a fact my niece was definitely using my Spotify most likely a little bit like not the excuses. All right. Not more than me, but I don't know. Anyways, my, my top song of the year is Hug All Your Friends from Cave Town. Oh my god! And I've literally never heard of Cave Town. I haven't either, but that's such a great name for a song. I wish Hug All Your Friends was my number one song for 2020. And when I listened to it a little bit, it made me think like, damn, is my niece okay? Like, I want to go check up on her. <laughs> Did you check up on your niece? Because we talked about this on the Night House show yesterday. I, I haven't gotten a chance to call her yet, no. <laughs> but uh, move, moving on from me being a bad uncle. Uh, I, I spent over 1,386 minutes listening to podcasts this year. Nice. And uh, in my top four, I'm, I'm <laughs> it's funny to me that in my top four, neither of our podcasts. I mean, no, my top four, both of our podcasts are on there. At, at number four, I have uh, KDHR which is where you can check out on Spotify, uh, The Night Owl Show. Uh, number three, I have Trash Taste, because I fucking love anime YouTube, and, uh, like, specifically the Anime Man, Gigic, and uh, Sea Dog VA are, like, a, a lot of the content on YouTube that I consume at this moment. So I've, I'm pretty sure that's why their, their podcast is number three right now. Uh, number two, I have this podcast, the one all of you beautiful people are listening to right now. A giant contraband robot. You can check us out here. Coming soon to Stitcher. We keep saying that. We keep saying that. And uh, number one, I actually have the Office Ladies podcast. <laughs> because I'm fucking basic and really fucking love The Office so goddamn much. And the second that they started doing this podcast, I immediately jumped on and started listening to every single one religiously at work. Um... But to build on to that, um, Kaylee, um, KDHR is actually, I don't think we told you, uh, KDHR is actually a, radio, a campus radio station that I'm an um, alumni for, for the university. And they gave me the chance to actually have a radio show. So we actually, I actually had the switchboards and everything like ready to go. We only technically get to spend four months in the station before COVID hit and then boom, we're back to doing this. Um, but it's like it's, the station it, was fun. It, it was really great being in being in the actual radio station, and then like be, me being the engineer for it, and then um, playing music, getting actual requests to people to play music. Um, it was fun. I missed that. But Coming right, soon? No, I'm just joking. I have no next idea. year. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm an alumni, so I'm pretty sure they're gonna ask me at some point uh, to end the show. Because I'm an alumni. It's been an it's been a year. Normally, alumni only maybe hold long, um, hold on for about a year, and then they phase phase alumni out for students to come in who actually um, want to be radio DJs. So I'm like, okay. I was like, if they said it's, don't be surprised. I was like, okay. But it's still fun though. Like I, when I tell people like, what kind of music you want to play, and I tell them like, so whenever you want to do a radio show. Just let me know. We'll play, or we, if you want us to play your jams, we'll do it. 
I love this. But that means we have to match your musical, I like to call it musical energy. So, how we do it, you pick four songs. Both me and Christian have to pick two songs to match your four songs. And it's been very, and the playlist that we created, called The Guest List, which I will post um, soon, has been very interesting. Because we're picking music, I pick music that I haven't listened to in forever. Like they said, the 2000s was mine. And I was like, what did I play in the 2000s besides Limbisk and all this other shit? Um, New Jabis, um, this hip-hop um, Japanese producer who, his soundtrack is all over Samurai Champloo. So, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yes, I've been playing him. So, we, I literally have a whole, um, this uh, person we had on, the Night Owl Show, she had all indie hip-hop in, like, maybe two that kind of sound like early 2000s stuff, but it's been made in 20, um, this year. So, I was like, let me see if this will work. And I sent her the playlist. She was like, oh, it worked. And then we sent it to the radio station. They liked it. They actually emailed me back and they was like, we like that. I was like, can you do more hip hop stuff? I was like, no, we're a rock, we're a rock channel. We, we just had a person who loved hip hop on this episode. Ah, oh, dang. <laughs> like, because there is literally no people of color who does rock music in terms of like, of like in terms of like radio stations, especially on the college campus. So I'm like, if they ever, like, they did publicity for us, I want to be known as the first black person on the campus who's an alumni who plays rock music yeah i'm like come on us black people us people of color love fucking rock and metal shit man come on let's go and speaking of people of color once again with these transitions (laughs) oscar isaac has been cast as solid snake damn that is the most like this year alone, Oscar Isaac is just picking up roles left and right. He's doing Brian K. Vaughn's Ex Machina. Um, he's literally going back to doing Ex Machina, but as a superhero. Get the reference. Wait, what? Get the reference. He was in Ex Machina. But he was... Wait, a- a, wait I, di- I don't get the reference. Wait, what? Oh my God. He was in Ex Machina. He was the um, evil genius guy. No, I know, but wait, what does that have to do with superhero? In Brian K. Vaughn's Ex Machina, the mayor of New York is a superhero called the Great Machine. Oh. See? See? I didn't know that. Yeah, I did not pick that one up. I didn't know that, yeah. Bad joke. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not good. I'm not a comedian. But still. It's all good. He's, but, uh, he's producing, uh, they call him the movie Night Ex Machina so people won't get confused. That was why I said Ex Machina. It was like he's going back to it. Because the studio that's actually, that he's producing um, that comic book um, adaptation and starring it as the main character, they felt that people were going to be confused that this would be a sequel to Ex Machina, even though it has nothing to do with it. This is based off of a comic book. And they titled it The Great Machine. And this was fascinating. Earlier this year, he picked up that role. Then this past um, October, he's going to be the Marvel hero Moon Knight in the Disney Plus TV series. And with the eventuality of him being in the um, movie verse at some point. So all of the Disney Plus Marvel shows, 
those heroes will appear in a future movie. Hmm. So, like, Oscar Isaac picked up that role, and now he's solid stake. It's like, like he's doing it. Like, like, let's go. Like, let's watch. He's doing it. Like, let's watch the stink of Star Wars. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Like, I am still angry that the Last Jedi is the last thing I saw this year, before the lockdown. Oh, that sucks. Because. I, I, I'm with John Boyega. They did him and Oscar Isaac wrong. Yep. They set them up to be co-leads with Daisy Ridley. And then they were just like, yeah, nah, fuck that. Right? Like, oh, wait, I guess we didn't need these guys. Uh, awkward. And then, like, nothing against Adam Driver. He's a good actor. I really do like him. But when you get to Last Jedi, all right, now it's about Rey and Kylo. Fuck you, um, Oscar Isaac, fuck you, John Boyega, especially you, Kelly Marie Tran, like, wait, what? Yeah, she oh, got yeah. dirty, she got did dirty real hard. Like, oh, yeah. Like, Ryan, like, Ryan Johnson, you know what you did. Like, I like Knives Out, but you really screwed over Kelly Marie Tran. Like, she was your proverbial, like... And you don't seem bothered by it. Yeah. Like, I want to know that shit keeps you up at night. And then um, we get to Rise of Skywalker, and then everyone threw Ryan Johnson under the bus. I'm like, you know what, dude, you deserved it. I'm sorry. You, no, I'm not sorry. You deserved it. <laughs> like, and then I'm also mad at Lucasfilm because I'm like, just because George Lucas had a forward narrative through six movies, and yes, Dave Filoni helped bring in the Clone Wars and Rebels to help build out that universe. It was still cohesive, including that two an- those two animated shows. When you get to the sequel trilogies, you can tell there's no cohesiveness. Like everybody's, the people I've been arguing with is, oh, you want something like the MCU? Is like you're not getting what I'm saying. I'm talking about behind the scenes. You want you want to know that produ- production wise, everyone was working together to make these three movies, like they was done all at the same time, knowing that it was like two like two to three years apart like actual work behind the scenes like Oscar Isaac being producer of The Great Machine you know he's going to put his, all his time and effort to make sure that is going to be like this I think one of the first times he's producing and it's a comic book movie which means he probably learned from what was horribly done in Lucasfilm and make sure it's going to be done right on this movie pretty much what Ryan Reynolds is doing for Deadpool make sure it's done properly so I can't wait to see um, Metal Gear. I'm not a Metal Gear expert. I stopped playing Metal Gear Solid after two. And if y'all don't, <laughs> like, if y'all don't know, you have to switch the controller every time the bad guy had control of your controller, which was revolutionary for me. Like Hideo Kojima, like, yo, power, more power to you. That pissed me off as a as a teenager at the time. Like you got to play close to the console and just be like, oh crap. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> But I remember, There's a different way to play, that's for sure. Yep, yeah, I know, uh, Kayla, I know for you, you've seen gameplay videos, so lore-wise, you you, you uh, understand it, but, like, for me, like, there's two different fucking snakes at two different points of time. This was confusing to me. 
Well, it's not. Just think of Snake as like a title. You know the like uh, fan theory about James Bond about how like 007 and James Bond are like a title, and each actor is actually a different man who just inherits the title. Mm-hmm. You've heard that theory. That's basically what Snake is. Like Solid Snake has like a real human first and last name, and that real human first and last name is different than Naked Snake's real human first and last name. And Naked Snake was originally a snake so like snake is a rank and then you get like your cute adjective so naked snake is one guy solid snake is one guy liquid snake is one guy venom snake it's just snake is a code name and then all of your fun adjectives and so solid snake is the one that everyone thinks of as snake and then you get confused because naked snake is the one from metal gear solid 3 the best one Mm -hmm. and naked snake eventually gets promoted and when he gets promoted his title changes because snake is a rank and so that's spoilers for metal gear solid 3 maybe i don't even know if this is a spoiler um naked snake becomes boss and his cute adjective for boss is big boss so he is big boss and naked snake in the same way that someone is a lieutenant and a corporal depending on where in their career you're looking um because Naked Snake's commander was the boss. Her code name was the boss. And so when he takes over her job, he becomes Big Boss. But they're just code names. They're not names. So Big Boss from Metal Gear Solid. Using specifically. So Big Boss from Metal from MGS five is the Naked Snake in MGS three. Correct. Huh. Okay. And Naked Snake slash Big Boss, so the same person, is the perfect soldier. So his DNA was taken to make perfect soldier clone babies. Those clone babies became Solid Snake, Liquid Snake, and um, Solidus Snake, respectively. So mm. those three snakes are all clone children based, like, they're not actually his kids. He didn't fuck a lady and impregnate her. Some lady stole his DNA and then used it to make a bunch of babies and that's how you got all of the little snakes and that so made- he's their dad genetically but he's not like their dad in an emotional way and that lady was talia al ghul kind of she's the talia <laughs> al ghul of metal Gear solid actually if you like dead been- ass <laughs> oh my goodness it's, so far as i am like beginning through the article um y- yes sp- Discord, I want to read the article. <laughs> like, literally, Discord lady pops up. Are you sure you want to read? Yes! Damn Who it. sent you that article? Is that trustworthy? I put it in there. I don't know. Someone put that link in there. Now, you you said, don't know you, where that link came from. You, you gave me the link for um, the, uh, the, eye ga- the eyeglass site. So, we're, we're cool on that. And it was Deadline Hollywood, which is a reputable site. And we learned our lesson from reading... A Reddit forum post on Spider-Man, which was totally wrong, and we had to um, apologize. The next episode, we had to redact it. To redact that whole entire. We literally prematurely came for something that was never happening. Not, um, I did not. I did not literally do that. You was just as excited <laughs> I was. I was. So don't you. Don't you. And, I and, figuratively did. I did not literally. Frankly, I want to be very clear. It was an emotional coming. It was not. Yes, it, it was an emotional release. There was no cleanup. I promise. Yes. I, I, I will play. I will play episode. I will play that episode. You can hear the excitement in his in from his voice. I'm just fair saying. enough. Fair enough. 
<laughs> anyway, so from the Deadline article by Justin Kroll, it said the long await Sony's long awaited Metal Gear Solid adaptation to look have gained some major momentum. As sources tell Deadline that Oscar Isaac is attached to play Solid Snake. Solid Snake. Um, right quick, does Solid Snake ever pop? Is right, is Solid Snake is the the same snake in Metal Gear Solid Four? Yeah, older. so Metal Gear Solid 1, the first five minutes of Metal Gear Solid 2, and the whole him rapidly... Because the reason that in Metal Gear Solid 4 he's rapidly aging is because he's a clone of Big Boss. Oh. So, like, that that snake is the one that's shrinking, and that's why. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Now that I, now, now I know, and knowing this after battle. I fucking love Metal Gear Solid, dude. It's insane. Um... It says the film is is in active development at Sony Pictures with Jordan Vogue Roberts, who directed King Kong. Um, he's directing, and like I said before, before we recorded, um, we was recording this episode. Um, uh, Vogue Roberts was on Collider, and he showed stills, just it's pretty much storyboards of Metal Gear Solid that he's working on, and you can tell he's been working on this at the same time he was doing King Kong. And he actually, he said he did go to Hideo Kojima and he did say, and Kojima did give his blessing. He said he literally had like a close to a six hour conversation with them over Metal Gear Solid. And he's like, it's, he says like, for him, he's like, it was like smoking peyote. If I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like smoking peyote and just getting a wise man telling you all the secrets to this. Yes. So he was like, he's like, he got all this information from Kojima, but he was like, he said the Konami situation, he said that's a whole different thing. He said, yes, they proved it. So hence why they're finally now in active development. So it looks like we still have to deal with Konami. So don't look for no remasters for Metal Gear, anyone. <laughs> oh, God. It's not fair. Konami just gets to hold all of these cool IP hostages because they're dicks. Yeah. Um. So for right now... There is um, no production date, but it is look like they have to wait till after Oscar Isaac is doing a HBO series called Scenes from a Marriage with Jessica Chastain. Very nice. Um, but on Oscar Isaac's card, he has Dune, The Card Counter, Ex Machina, but retitled The Great Machine. He's doing a he's doing a movie with um, Jake Gyllenhaal which we talked about before called Francis and the Godfather um, I don't know anything about that movie but um, apparently it's about yeah. what I do know about a little bit because it's called the Godfather it's apparently something about Francis Ford Coppola and his time during making the Godfather and all the behind the scenes drama that has happened but I don't know. I don't know who Jake Gyllenhaal is playing, but I know Oscar Isaac is in it. Rumor: Oscar Isaac is playing the young Pacino. That's the rumor. Pretty cool. But this is then. This is what made me laugh, though. The game was first launched on PlayStation in 1998, but the game was technically launched um, back like it was on PC first before it came to consoles. If I'm correct, uh, anyone want to correct me on that? Or were you sticking with this theory? I believe you. Okay. 
because I, I I did look it up before I like started reading the article. Like it was launched on the PC first before um it was more known on PlayStation, but not a lot of people had a PC. So it's like if you played MGS, technically the remake was on the PlayStation. Then we got Metal Gear Solid Two. Then Onward. oh, are you thinking of so like Metal Gear Solid is actually the third game in the Metal Gear series, but the first two Metal Gear games, Metal Gear One and Two, were on the like msx yes there's like a number thing um which is a type of home computer but like back in the 80s when there wasn't like windows and mac it was like a weird specific type of computer and then those eventually got ported to the nes but metal gear solid launched on playstation yeah but the ports of metal gear one and two uh on nes are really shitty but it's like yeah mgsx i don't know it's like a yeah it's a weird hard to remember letters and number jumble yeah and then I, I've been told that the games, even though they're titled 1, 2, 3, and all this, like, they're still, like, they're not in the correct, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, they're not in sequential order. So, like, yeah. the games go Metal Gear Solid 3, then Metal Gear Solid 5, the little baby one, and then the big one, and then Metal Gear Solid Oh, and then Metal Gear, then Metal Gear 2, then Metal Gear Solid, then Metal Gear Solid 2, then Metal Gear Solid 4. I'm, 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 I am, I'm praying, I'm not, I'm not a religious man, but, um, <laughs> good luck, my dude, on directing this and trying to do any sequels. That's all I got to say. <laughs> well, basically, nobody played the two first two Metal Gear games, so this movie will probably just be a movie of Metal Gear Solid One. Like realistically, this movie will be the plot of Metal Gear Solid One, which is your standard Solid Snake, the guy from Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a fun, plucky girl, Meryl. Um, there's you know, cool Silver Assassin guy. You know, you get Ocelot in there. Like it, it has all of the important characters that pop up throughout the series, and it's the one everyone knows. So this is like. If you look at the entire game series as a whole, it looks like a lot. But if you just look at the plot of Metal Gear Solid 1, it's not that much. I mean, it was a PlayStation game, so they couldn't exactly fit a lot of story in. Okay. It's just, it's so fucking confusing. I'm like, but I'm, I'm here for it. If, if this, I, I have a hypothesis. If the film does well, Konami has to do a remaster or a remake on all the, on the, or at least port them to the consoles. Konami makes all of their money on pachinko machines now, yeah. so you would be. They make so much money. They don't have to. It doesn't matter how much people want a Metal Gear game. They literally make so much money gambling that it's not worth it to them to make video yeah. games anymore. Yeah, no, That's like, the have thing. Have you ever seen a pachinko parlor? Yeah. Like it's insane. <laughs> I know. Wasn't there one in downtown China? Um, in downtown LA? Uh, they did a pop up, I think. Okay. I don't know it's noisy. It's... My ex-boyfriend had two antique pachinko machines in his basement, and I dumped a bunch of pachinko balls in one once. Oh my god. Those things are loud as hell. Because it's all metal balls bouncing around on metal poles. Like, I'm gonna go wow. deaf. Air cotton. Um, next up, <laughs> HBO has really, like, like, Warner Brothers more specifically, where it was like, they looked at Disney and it was like, y'all done fucked up. This is how you really do it. We're all through 2021. We're really starting with Wonder Woman in, on Christmas down. We're releasing all of our films slate on HBO Max. At the same time, it'll be in theaters. 
Now, in terms of theaters, and the, the clarify, because we didn't really clarify this on the Night Owl show. Overseas, there are certain pockets across, over, across the way that they can actually go to the theaters, except for us here in the States, because people are too stupid to not to put on a fucking mask. And to be courteous and kind, you know, one of our friends may, like, we, we're, I'm praying for our, me and Christian's mutual friend due to her workspace, workspace idiots. Um, so the movies will be released here on HBO Max for us in the U.S., but overseas in Canada, they get to go to the theaters to actually see the film. So they technically are recouping their money in some form of way. It's just they're not getting the American box office. And if they do get well, anything from the American box office, it'll probably be drive-ins. America decided to spend an entire year not taking care of the virus while everyone else did. So now next year, everyone else gets to go to movie theaters and America doesn't. Mm -hmm. And the Warner Brothers was like, okay, we're not going to wait for America any longer to catch up with the rest of the world. We're just going to release movies to the rest of the world and throw America the bone of also putting them on demand. Like, that's that's what this is. Yes. They can't just open theaters in America. Everyone will die. (laughs) Like... Yeah. This is what happens when you don't take care of shit. 100%. Yep. Um, but this may be, may have Disney be like, all right, we fucked up, let's do this. Um, well, Disney once in a while. But it is kind of weird, though. They, well, not kind of weird. That Batman got pushed to 2022. And it's kind of smart because the main actor who is Batman got COVID because a stagehand didn't report the fact that they got COVID and ended up getting their main star sick yeah like it's a plague and because everyone wants to hide their zombie bites and we know that now it's been a year of people hiding zombie bites and we're all still like can you believe that there are people that are lying like yes i can yes i've been in my house since march yes i can Mm -hmm. um so also the um one of the also things um they each film that they're going to release that month will only be out for a month that gives you all the time in the world to watch it if you have HBO Max. And then it'll be, it'll be concurrent at the same time but with them, everyone else. But except for, it'll still be in theaters for us, but it'll be a month just for us. Which is still good, though. Because, I mean, like, I'm totally thinking about double featuring because right off after Wonder Woman on Christmas, um, basically in, like, two and a half weeks. But on January 15th, 2021, Mortal Kombat will be out. On HBO Max. It's going to be amazing. Rated R. So you're going to see some gore, some blood. All the actors said we did fatalities. Characters die like the actual game characters died in the game. Yes, when you get to Mortal Kombat 11, certain characters do come back, Liu Kang. Um, I don't even remember what Mortal Kombat game Liu Kang even fucking died in. And then when I found out he died, I was like, oh. And then I looked at the gameplay video for it. I was like, yeah, he, he became that dumbass hero who needs to save everyone. No matter, no wonder why he fucking died. Mm-hmm. But now he's back. Um, but Ludi Lin gets, like, finally he gets some, um, he gets a main role in anything. So he won't have to be remembered for Power Rangers and that stupid fish man character in Aquaman. That was just, oh my god. But it's rated R, so which means, and also Makad Brooks, if you know him from True Blood or Supergirl. Um, he was Jimmy Olsen's Supergirl. 
like besides Marsha Manor, he was like the only, uh, the second only black guy on the whole show of Supergirl. <laughs> but um, besides that, we're gonna more likely see Jax get his arms ripped off in this movie. So if it gets a sequel, we get to see the real Jax. I want to see that in live action. I know I sound morbid. We never seen Jax lose his arms. I want to see it in live action, and I'm hoping to see it in Mortal Kombat next month. That would be fucking sick. So, and also, it's a good balance: an uplifting superhero movie that is Wonder Woman, and a bloody, gory Mortal Kombat movie to um, help me out. So, but in reverse, Mortal Kombat first, then Wonder Woman. I need my kick-ass. I need the kick-ass Wonder Woman. Um, but it can't be any worse than the last time we mixed Mortal Kombat with Wonder Woman. I don't. That was a Marvel. That was a Mortal Kombat versus DC joke. Yeah, I know. Remember that game? I, Remember yeah. that game? I, I try. I, I like to forget it. I, I, like I was. I was. They didn't have fatalities. I was having like flashbacks. Yeah, they're not allowed. Can't kill anybody. I. Mm. Well, we got injustice and characters die in that. Yeah, that was awesome. There's actually a Easter egg where the Joker has a fatality in Injustice that's based off his not fatality in yeah, DC versus. Okay. Oh, nice. But before we go into, we did that. We. Listen to the episode that has Kaylee on it. We actually go in depth on injustice. <laughs> <laughs> that is love the, that game. It's so good. <laughs> like that was good. Um, the little things on the 29th of January. Um, Tom and Jerry that looks horrible on March 5th, 2021. Saints in New York on March 12th. Uh, reminiscence. I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> April 16th. King Kong versus Godzilla. May 21st. The Conjuring 4. The Devil Made Me Do It. June 4th. June 18th. Um, In the Heights by Linwell Miranda. And John Cho, John N. Cho, who directed Crazy Rich Angels, directed this. Hmm. Um, I... The reason why I don't, I'm not big on the musicals, the only reason why I'm watching this musical is because of Steffi Patrice, um, who should have been She-Hulk, but I, I, I'm, I'm cool. It's, it's, it's all good. I'm not butthurt. She's hurt. I know she's mad, but she's she's fine that uh, Tatiana Maslany has got the role, but you know, I'm just saying they should have went to Steffi Patrice. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yo. We don't speak about Terry Crews, though. Um, uh, poor Terry, like... All he had to do was nothing. And he did something. Space Jam, A New Legacy, July 16th. The Suicide Squad, August 6th. Dune, October 1st. I can't wait for that. Um, That's going to be really, really interesting. King Richard on November 19th. Matrix 4, December 22nd. I think that's the bigger one. I wish it came out the same day as John Wick 4, so I can have like double the dom- the double the Keanu Reeves, the better. But you know, it is what it is. And other movies that will be out: um, Those Who Wish Me Dead, uh, Malin. Mil- oh God, damn it, Christian. Oh God. Malignant. Mil- 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 there we go. Malignant. Oh, malignant. There we go. I got it. I fucking got it. I don't know why I have trouble with words. 
Judah and the Black Messiah that has um oh fuck he's in um Atlanta he was in he was he was the uh it's the two stars from Get Out well actually he's not a star Keith he, Stanfield yes Lakeith Stanfield and the guy the main guy in Get Out I literally started watching Atlanta yesterday I was like Lakeith Stanfield's in Atlanta that's how I know that <laughs> um, I'm shocked he's real good in it. Oh my god! I can't believe I forgot his his name. The actor who was the um who was in uh Get Out. It was the main star. Yeah, I know. I know who you're talking about. Um, Daniel Kaluuya. Yes, thank you. Yes, he, good job. G, um, Judas and the Black Messiah is talking about the time where Lakeith Stanfield was playing um this guy who got caught up by the FBI and he was sent in by the FBI to um uh, to infiltrate the Black Panthers. Hmm. So you're seeing it in his perspective. Um, so you see like the like, and that leads up to Huey P. Newton's death. Okay. So this is why this is one of my one of my anticipation um, movies because I um, I learning before my grandmother passed that she was in the Black Panthers, the Compton sec, and I was like, "You was what?" That's awesome. <laughs> she was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Most of them was." Um, up there in Oakland at the time, I was like, "Oh shit!" So I was like, "She's like, she literally missed that massacre that happened." I was like, wow. I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "My grandma's still a badass though." Like, come on, son. Yeah. I was like, she chopped like literally she chopped the cutting board in half. That's how badass my grandma is. Damn. I'll tell you that story off air though, because that was a funny. It was that was the funniest story though. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, super conservative Clint Eastwood movie, Cry Macho. I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, it sounds like what you do when you're super conservative and somebody challenges your ideology. No. Sounds like the shitty sequel to Gran Torino. <laughs> I, the <laughs> only Clint Eastwood movie I saw in my life is Dirty Harry. And my only one is Gran Torino because I worked at the movie theater when it came out. And, um, I saw Grant Torino in that, and part of that new one he did, where he's like the the mule. I know that right there. If y'all not tired of blacks and Mexicans being gangbangers in movies, I mean, come on. That, like I'm like I get it, but at the same time, it's like come on, like we read. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, like just just fuck Clint Eastwood all around. Scott Eastwood apparently is cool, but fuck Clint Eastwood. Uh, Anywho, now today no chair thing. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is I think it's really cool. Um, what H, uh, what Warner Brothers is doing. I hope Disney follows suit, and it looks like they will. With Soul is available for everyone on Disney Plus, and that's another um Disney animated feature I'm actually interested in seeing. With jazz being the main um focus of the movie, like besides um metal, country, which you heard at the top of the episode, I do like jazz, so it's like. I, so I can't wait to um, see that one. Um, I have yet to cry at a, on a Disney movie. Huh? I'm serious. I'm trying to think. Everybody called me heartless because I did not cry when Lion King came out. I mean, how old were you when Lion King came out again? <laughs> I was about what, eight, nine years old because Toy Story came out in '95, so I was ten. Lion King. So yeah, so it's a hit or miss. Honestly, it's a hit or miss. It's like. Either you you really cared about it or you really didn't. I would say this: the most emotional I got was Toy Story three when I thought they all was gonna die. 
Oh yeah. Like you know you know what got me a little bit more than that? Andy leaving. <laughs> like that got me a little bit more, but I do get it. Like Toy Story Three did like pull at me a little bit. I was just like fuck. There's only two Toy Story movies. I don't really know what you guys are talking about right now. Toy Story Three is good. Alright, it's up there. I've never you. seen it. I don't recognize anything past Toy Story Two. Everybody talks about how fucking sad they are. No, Toy Story ends on a happy note. They're nice movies. They don't break your heart and make you cry all the time. They're not top ten saddest movie ever shit. No. I, Remind me this movie's got two later At some point. But I did physically in real life have like a weird uh, Toy Story 3 mo- moment. Like concerning when I left for college. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It was real sad when somebody pointed it out to me, and I was like, "Fuck you! I didn't need a dry face today." <laughs> I, Kaylee, I will literally put on a hazmat suit and watch Toy Story. Come to see, come to watch. It's watch too Toy Story sad. I don't want to be sad. There's good moments in it, except for the end. That that's where I will get emotional. See, I cried watching um, Inside Out, and I haven't seen a Pixar movie since because I'm like, I'm too damn old to be crying at Pixar movies. You know, I'll be honest, I didn't watch Inside Out because I heard that it kind of pulls at you at the end, and I was like, you know what? At the end, I cried in the middle. I cried like a third of the way through. I cried like four times watching that movie. Did you see Big Hero 6? Oh, I did, yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that's a show that needed a TV show. It got one, which is good. But of all the Disney shows that are at Disney movies, that one and Lilo and Stitch were the two that really. Oh my one. god, the Lilo and Stitch show though. I have not. I, I always felt like Disney shows, Disney animated movies, did not need shows. Like, I you know, some of them had good ones. Like, the I, Little Mermaid show was decent, and the Aladdin show was decent. The Emperor's New Groove one was decent. Yeah, I've heard good things about that one. Hercules. The Lilo and Stitch one was really good. I didn't like Hercules because I was like, he never met Meg when they was in when they was teenagers. So what? Yeah, yeah, I don't like uh, ones that, that retcon that. like crazy. You got to get the ones that take place after the movie. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I always had trouble with Hercules though because like the real Hercules myth, he flays Megra's skin off and kills her and their children, and then he gets a new wife. Like she yep. dies. Like the, like the real the real like stories are so much more gruesome. So horrifying. Ever made them to be? Yeah. Like yeah. Hera being nice in the movie, I'm like, oh no, oh no, Hera is not kissing that fat little bastard. Yeah, Hera was uh, Hera was vengeful as fuck. Yeah, like. <laughs> No, that's not your mom, son. I know. Like, wasn't Hera the one that supposedly sent Hercules down? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't the him. thing—it's not even like he, she sent him down. It's just that Hercules was a bastard, not God. And then he was like, "But I want to be a God." And it's like, "Okay, well, then do all these hard tasks." And he's like, "Okay, I will." And then it's like, "Shit, you did all the hard tasks. Wait. Guess you're immortal or whatever." Now, oh, you went crazy and you killed your family. My bad. When See, Kevin, why can't I get a history class like that? When Kevin Sorbo revealed himself to be a conservative asshole, I did not feel bad when my brother, when we realized it was he was playing Hercules again, but in God of War 3, we literally saved it, killed him, reloaded that part, killed him again. He was like, I was like, kill him again. Kill him again. <laughs> I was like, Hercules do not exist. It's only Lucy Lawless. And this is a Xena warrior princess house. <laughs> Carol Sorbo. I have mentioned Carol Sorbo now, twice, but 
If it ain't Lucy Lawless, uh, no. God, what were her weapons called again? Those like circular like. God, there's a name for that. I can't remember. Chamkras, I think is Chamkras. It's the I use the weapon. If you play Kingdoms of Amalur, is um the, the your character uses those weapons. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Except for I get like, you know, they was trying to reboot Xena Warrior Princess, and they she Lucy Lawless came and also said they didn't want her to come back because she's too old. I'm like, she's barely that's fucked up. She's barely fifty. She's still yeah. fit. I'm like, what the fuck? And on top of that, like, she's still going to outshine, like, a lot of the actresses that you put in pl- place, honestly. Like, let's be real here. Oh, wait, we wait. have Hugh Jackman being Wolverine until he literally falls apart and melts. But Lucy Lawless can't be the person who is absolutely just Lucy Lawless. Yeah, I'm like, right? I mean, come on. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I hope it's dead. In the, well, it is dead in the water. But because they can't get it off the ground. Good. See, you know why? Because they didn't put in Lucy Lawless. Yeah, because I mean, like, Lucy Lawless could still tell me. She should, uh, uh, as much as um, Bridget Nielsen is, is great in Wonder Woman, in a way, I always felt like Lucy Lawless should have been Hippolyta. Mm, okay. That would have been awesome. At, like, I love that the, the casting already, but, yeah. you know, looks a little bit more the part, too. Because I'm like, I can picture Lucy Lawless, and Lucy Lawless is tall. Like, my brother, um, she was at Long Beach Comic Con. And I, it was the one year I didn't get to go because it was someone who I wanted to meet. Um, I didn't get the chance to meet. And he said, Lucy Lawless is fucking tall, dude. He was like, I was like, how tall? He was like, she's like, he was like, oh, maybe a couple of inches I'm taller than me. And my brother's six one, close to Jesus. He's just like, he's like, I can literally, she can literally meet me at my chin. I was like, wow. No wonder. I'm like. She, she's badass. I'm like, for her to run in those heels too, as that's, and I throw in some heeled gladiator sandals. That's a that's a that's a that that's an Amazonian. But the thing is, though, I never get it. I, like, especially Marvel movies too. These characters don't wear heels. If you can make if you can make Robert Downey Jr. look tall, you can make Scarlett Johansson look a little bit taller or at almost close in height with the other heroes. She has to wear heels, and then on top of that, you got the stunt woman. At certain, like I was looking at, I like watching behind the scenes stuff. Some stunt women has to wear the heels doing the action stuff, and then there's the ones who are doing the actual running. Like Gal Gadot, there's two different versions of her running down the street on Wonder Woman 1984. One where she's in heels, so like they maybe may make her run for like, like maybe just like maybe an inch or two to make it like the stopping part. But when she's doing the full sprint, she's actually wearing um like sneakers. Or like what you started about, Kaylee, like Amazon um, sandals. I'm like, so you couldn't do that for the hero costume. She has to wear heels. Like, have y'all read? Like, this this is the comic book nerd side of me coming out. Have y'all read a comic book? I like heels. Well, it's the uh, we're uh, it's the Hollywood norm, unfortunately. I I know. I mean, most comic books they also have heels. It's not like comic books don't have them in heels very often. But like, Batgirl has heels. I'm like, Batgirl. Well, no, she uses them as a weapon. Her and Catwoman use theirs as weapons. I'm saying, and Batwoman has heels, and Wonder Woman has heels half the time. Black Canary is one of the big ones that doesn't usually have heels. Zatanna is always in fishnets and heels. I I actually noticed, depending on the artist, though. Well, yeah, that's true with just about every part of a costume. Like, um, my favorite artist, Nicola Scott, she intentionally does not put the women in heels 
But for if it's Dick Grayson in her comic book, she makes sure every everyone gets to see his ass. I'm like, I mean, come on. He, she said, yeah, I remember her saying on a podcast, he like he is like we always objectify. She's like comic books. We always have to objectify the women, especially if you're a woman artist. You have to. They want it in a certain way. She's like, why can't Dick Grayson be that? If Dick Grayson is around here being supposed to be the pretty boy of the DC universe, then I'm going to make him look like the pretty boy of the DC universe. I was like, okay. I was like, so, okay. so most of her covers, you see Dick Grayson and it's an ass shot. Literally, just look at Nicola Scott and you see her, most of her images. I was like, okay. I'm cool with it. Like, your you're, you're Nightwing, every time she illustrates Nightwing is always the best in comics so like she's definitely doing something right but that is the end of that HBL DC talk hmm. we actually praise something for DC for once on this podcast I, I'm surprised which is yeah that is definitely not the norm uh, well this is something depressing because it's Dragon Age Day it's supposed to be a, it's supposed to be a joyous occasion this was originally going to be an all Dragon, Dragon Age podcast um our friend benita who's gonna be on um we, we was ready to go talking about dragon age um hypothesis on a dragon age game what should have been done in each game but no um first yesterday on thursday there was a letter um from the head studio uh, member from uh, ea talking about mark dura and casey hudson are leaving bioware and then today, both Casey Hudson and Mark Dura released um, letters explaining their pretty much what you will always get their history working at Bioware. Thank you to the fans, and we hope you join us on our next adventures. But then, as the day went on, Greg Ellis started attacking on Twitter Mark Dura. And then in kind, and then fans comes in, and then everything that has came out about Greg Ellis. Now, the the whole point of why we're talking about this is Bioware in trouble. Like literally it, always, and they have been since Mass Effect Andromeda bombed. But like, it's just like really like, all right, we're now we can now finally set up the coffin. Or take 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 Bioware around the corner and start getting ready to Cujo it. Hmm. Not, not, I just not Cujo it. I don't know. They oh, need to just be given a chance to make a game without crazy amounts of like being pulled in nine different. Like just let them be Bioware. Let obviously the employees are all different now, but like let young fresh people with talent and good ideas be allowed to make a game with IPs that everyone loves. Like, that's what needs to happen. It just EA needs to not be EA. I know. <laughs> because me and, my, I know, cause me and my brother had a discussion on this, and he was like, he's like, you know, Casey Hudson only been back with Bioware for three years. And I was like, shit, it's been three years? He was like, yeah, he's, he, was, he came in to post to help steer the ship after Andromeda, but then we got Anthem instead. I was like, oh, fuck. I didn't realize that. I really did not realize that yeah. until we started talking about it, and I was like, Fuck. And then he even said like Mass Effect is the only good game out of Bioware. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Fuck that. I was like, I, I was like whoa, That's whoa. slander. I was like, 
the Dragon Age series two and Mass Effect two, like yes, Dragon Age two has an asterisk with it, but the story is solid. And I was like, Dragon Age. I mean, Mass Effect two and three. I was like, yes, we can make it. I mean, Inquisition is a better game than at least two of the Mass Effect games. Yeah, and I was like, and then we started talking about Mass Effect two and three, and I remember there was the option of party members could die, but also Shepard could die at the end of the game. Which, if you get the ending where um, Joker is the one standing there with the crew, that's because your Shepard died. This is a chance where Bioware could have what they could have done what they did with the Mass Effect series where each game is a different character, if they would have made, if they would have, like, made Shepard die at the end of 2, and then in Mass Effect 3, you playing a new command, you playing a new commander, or just not even a commander, a captain, who's now over the Normandy, and you're, he, this person has to create, um, has to basically re it's like a remake of mass effect one but it's a new character whilst keeping the story forward knowing that this is the last game so when that character dies at the end of mass effect 3 it's not a big old controversy like um it is with shepherd at the end of it like you see i don't think that you're solving any problems with that i think you're creating more problems because people would have been furious that their commander shepherd that they worked hard on none of their choices mattered because now the protagonist is replaced the end of the day, people need to accept that if a game series has vastly branching storylines that can have thousands of permutations over the course of multiple games, that eventually they all need to come. Like, it, it, open storytelling doesn't just get bigger and bigger and bigger and then, oh, we have 900 magically crafted endings for each possible permutation. People need to accept that the middle part will be different because of all these choices, but the beginning of the game and the end of the game, it's like a eyeball shape in terms of narrative. Like it, The problem is people wanted a game that had infinite amounts of customization and the same character to be transferred over and over again from Mass Effect 1 through Mass Effect 3 and they wanted all of those decisions that they made to have a clear and firm impact on the ending and that was just never going to happen especially on the PlayStation 3 like we don't I don't think we have the technology now to do that let alone back then that like people are mad about the ending fuck them the end like Mass Effect Trilogy is fine that's it Nothing that you would have changed would have changed the fact that people wanted something that wasn't possible. They wanted the same character with all of the decisions from all of the games tracking and noticeably impacting the world, which the game did. But they also demanded a custom ending for every person's different options. And that's just that's that's crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, That's what I was going to say. I think Dragon Age did it better. Because each mm-hmm. game is a, it's a, it's still, still following the same narrative, but it's a different character and a different perspective, and each person's different perspective. And right, it- and if like Mass Effect Two had a different character and Mass Effect Three, but as soon as you had two games in a row with the same character, you were fucked. Yeah, like you couldn't have switched it at three and made people happy. They'd have flipped out. That is, but they would. They people did flip out on Dragon Age Two when you became Hawk. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, people flip out when you change main characters. Like, if you want to take what they did with Mass Effect and make it better, you don't do that by adding a new main protagonist. Look at Metal Gear Solid 2. (laughs) People get pissed. Which, again, is dumb. Like, people want want a thing that just isn't going to happen at the end of the day. Or, like, will eventually, but not in 2000... 
15? How long ago did Mass Effect 3 come out? 2013, I think. 2013. Was it that? Fuck! Yeah. It was like the same year... Inquisition came I think out. that was the same year as Halo 3. Inquisition came out in 2017, so Mass Effect 3 came out in 2013, yeah. Yeah, see, Ma- Inquisition did it better, but Inquisition already also had four more years of technological advances and learning how to use, like, the PS3 and shit. Mm. And then, um, Dragon's Keep. And then it got to come out on PS4. Yeah, and Dragon's Keep, I think. And the Dragon's Keep, so perfect. That is so well, like, if you don't play, and... I think we both gave this um, we both gave Christian this advice and then everyone when we talked about Inquisition like if you don't want to play Dragon Age um, Origins or 2 just do Dragon's Keep and make sure you link your console to Dragon's Keep or have an EA account so you can um, you able to take those choices and bring it over to the console which is a lot more better if you don't want to like I will always forever love replaying the games because it's like certain little things in easter eggs i find like isabella is not the same as is in origins but she's not the same isabella that we meet in dragon age 2 so i I like those little issues like cullen is the only mainstay of all the games zevran he can depending on your choice in dragon age 2 zevran can pop up in dragon age 2 and then he's also mentioned, and he has a mission in Inquisition, but it's a board mission, though. So I'm like... Yeah, there's so many board mission Easter eggs. That's a really fun part. And there's, like, dialogue at the board missions table that has different Easter eggs. Like, if Liliana romanced the hero of Ferelden, or if the hero of Ferelden was a mage at the tower that knew Cullen, and all sorts of fun stuff. I know, I'm like... Oh, every time we keep talking about it, I'm like, I'm gonna... Re- I'm gonna replay it. I'm gonna replay it. But it's just, it's still like it is that will take up the rest of this year and part of 2021. Because I when I get in, I get in. Oh, does he? Like <laughs> I'm legit. Like I have reread this. Um, I have the Varric and Isabella's um story. Um, that their their mission after two. It's like after two, before Inquisition, their side story. And uh, they they interact with Cullen, they interact with a character that um that was supposed to be in, well, apparently was supposed to be in Inquisition, but they never um, put that character in Inquisition, which is kind of sad. Um, and then also you see the hero Ferelden, but it's like the silhouette of the hero Ferelden, uh, and it's like in, in, um, ambiguous, so you don't know if it's male or female. It's just like it's just there, so like you you get like a, when you read the um the comic, he's like, oh shit, that's my character, or there's the character, greeting um, um greeting um Anders, not Anders, um, god damn it, what's his name? In the in Origins, the hero Ferelda's friend, we can, we can make him king. I can move from. Oh, Alistair. Yeah, Alistair. Al- my boyfriend. Alistair is the main character. It's Alistair, Isabella, and um Barrett. Are the main characters in that comic? Alistair is um, you learning about Alistair's um, his father. So he in like the secret things that has happened in between. So he's like he leaves Ferelden, um, knowing that he's not supposed to be leaving Ferelden. He leaves Ferelden and to um, they go on this journey, and Varric and um, Isabella are just happen to be there at the same time. Alistair's there. Is is really good. That, that is my recommendation. 
Oh, yeah. But um, do you think we'll see anything from Bioware at the Video Game Awards? Do you, I think we'll see anything from Bioware ever again. I mean, there was like a leaked thing for Dragon Age 4. So apparently there is supposed to be Dragon Age 4 stuff at the Game Awards. But at this point, I don't even think that this game's going to fucking come out. I think it's going to get canceled. And I think Bioware is going to go under. I think sometime after the remaster of Mass Effect or before? I think if that's the last thing that they shove out and it ends up dropping early and really shitty, I wouldn't be surprised. But that's guaranteed money, so I'm sure EA will pay for them to make the guaranteed money and then cancel everything else in mid-production. Lay off everybody. I'll start making the coffin now. I didn't want to end off this podcast on a sour note, but it was like, we're going to end the podcast off on a sour <laughs> note. God damn R.I.P. Dragon Age. We hardly knew you. <sighs> and fuck Greg Ellis. Just, and fuck Greg Ellis. Just a shitty piece of humor. Yeah. Just, what? I will. I, I, I we're trying. We were. We we're on a good note on this show. I didn't want to bring in the negativity, but we are. We're, but this Dragon Age Day is ruined. Damn it! And that's gonna be the title for this episode. Aww. And with that, thank you everyone for listening to this episode, and for listening to Giant Controversy Robot in general. Um, you can always follow us once again at SoundCloud and Spotify. And also, as always, the long running joke, this year long running joke coming soon to Stitcher. Um, we have a lot of content coming from this podcast feed. Nerds Against the World will be back in 2021. Um, I'm guest wrangling artist talk for season five. I have two professional artists who are one is a mentor of mine, Humana Sarna who I mentioned before at the start of our episode. Um, she's very instrument, instrumental of me be, um, being an artist and not caring about how old I am going into grad school as well. Because she, um, just a little spoiler, she went to grad school close to 40 as well. So she, uh, and I was questioning myself, like, should I do it? And she's like, been very a, a good, she's been a great mentor to me so far. As a, as a budgeting artist in this art career that I'm, whatever the hell this art career is, besides doing podcasting. Um, but yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming in. Um, and maybe a YouTube channel. There's our hopeful. That is, yeah. that would be our hopeful ending. We may have a YouTube channel in 2021. There we go. That's it. As always, press on with pride, press on with purpose, like the late, like the late great Chad Bozeman has said. And like I would say, move forward. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>